Hello, this is Curtis Edwards, Vice President of Investor Relations at Hudson Investing. Are you ready to start building your multifamily portfolio? Kent and I are excited to announce our newest deal in Spartanburg, South Carolina. This 157-unit property offers a unique chance to acquire a B-class value-add property for just $120,000 per door. This is well below replacement costs. De-risking the deal even further is a favorable loan assumption with over six years remaining at 3.73% fixed. With 50 economic development projects underway and 70,000 jobs within a 20-minute drive, the South Carolina upstate region is primed for above-average job, population, and rent growth. Don't miss out on this exclusive deal. Find the link in the description notes to learn how you can invest. And so you can really run into those numbers, especially where cap rates are today. You can look at it and go, that's, that's a significant amenity improvement. And my ROI was running between uh, two and a half and three and a half years. Our average client today, which we can get into stats on who we are today as closets, is averaging about 37% ROI over a three-year period. Welcome to Right Around Real Estate, the show about how to passively invest like a pro. On each episode, I interview real estate experts who give their top investing advice, strategies, and tools, and I break down their insights into practical steps to avoid the pitfalls and make better investments. I want to help you passively invest like a pro. This is Ritter on Real Estate, and I'm your host, Kent Ritter. Hello, fellow investors. Welcome to another episode of Ritter on Real Estate, where we teach you how to passively invest like a pro. Today, my guest is Jim Monk, and Jim is the president of a company called Closets. And Closets has developed a program to increase rents 3 to 5% while improving the, the net operating income and asset value of your properties, and all without multifamily owners laying out much capital. His goal is to differentiate beyond the normal amenities and tap into a new area of construction development, renovations, and property management. And Jim, I'm very excited to have this conversation today because I, w- I wanted to have you on because I read about your company and I was just, man, that's that's a novel idea. That's not something that I've considered as a way to add value and something I, right. I really wanted to learn about. Well, thanks for having me on first off. And so uh, we think it's a novel idea actually and something like it's heard of or it's just now becoming part of the, the mainstream. So uh, conversation. But uh, yeah, so you know, we uh, again, Jim Monk. I'm part of uh, Closets, and uh, our focus is the multifamily industry. And so we go out there and we show uh, ownership how they can tap into an, a resource that they are unaware of, and really gain revenue, additional revenues that they just weren't expecting. Kent, and mm-hmm. uh, we're out there, we're evangelizing it, and we're talking about it because, to your point. I always tell our salespeople internally that a lot of what we're doing is breaking through the condition that people look at the closet or just eating part of a, a part of it and go, well, this is the way it's been. And yeah. so we exist for that reason to go out there and talk about it and happy to be on the show. Yeah, no, I, I love that idea. I love that idea. And we'll dig into the details mm-hmm. around it because um, it seems like there's really something here. But before we do that, let's take a step back, Jim, and just Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got to be where you are today. So uh, started out, it's a kind of windy path. I think most of us don't expect to be here. I, I definitely didn't expect to be here. So mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, 20 years ago, right after getting out of uh, college and so forth, uh, went into uh, the financial services industry. So ran uh, three large scale from kind of ground floor up large scale financial services companies that ultimately we exited on or that I exited on the last one um, and did quite well with those. And, um, you know, nothing too sexy about financial services, but was able to get out, uh, I'm dating myself a little bit, uh, right before the 2008 crash. So I was very blessed in that sense to see a little bit of writing on the wall and say, okay, we have someone that's looking to buy us. And let's just, uh, let's go ahead and pull the ripcord and get out. Yeah. So we did. Good and, timing. Uh, it was perfect. It couldn't have been any better really in my opinion. So, uh, but what led me to, to being where I'm at today is starting to passively invest in uh, other companies and into real estate, uh, both in commercial and uh, multifamily. And, um, you know, kind of where this led me was, like a lot of us, I think that our passive investors, you're asking the questions, how can I get more return on my investment? And what happened to me, at least, was I was talking to a friend of mine who had done a lot of renovations. He ran one of the largest renovations companies in the country for multifamily. And I said, look, we've done the backsplashes. We've done the flooring. We've done all these things. And I'm just trying to move the needle just ever so slightly now. I mean, I'm talking 2 to 5%. And if I can get an ROI in a three to four year period, I feel like I'm hitting a home run. And, um, you know, and this is all pre-COVID and everything. And he said, well, I said, what are the big guys doing? What are the guys that have 100,000 units plus doing? Because that's the groups he was working with. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, they're doing all about the same thing you guys are doing out there that are smaller than that. I mean, there's just not much more to be done. A lot yeah. of these properties are in their second or third kind of iteration of uh, renovations of some sort or remodels or faceless. And if they haven't, then you're talking some significant dollars, but the most kind of have, if you're talking about B-class and A-class property sets, sure. C's and D's, you still kind of run into those, those gems that you can really put some money into and see a great return, but it's getting more difficult, as you know. Mm-hmm. And it all comes down to yield. And so looking at it, I said, well, as an entrepreneur, what area of the apartment has not changed in all the years you've been doing this almost 30 years at that time. I, he came back to me a, a, probably a couple weeks later and he said, uh, the closet, the closet hasn't <laughs> changed. And, and I said, yeah. why? He goes, there's no effing money in it to be precise. That's why he said, there's no effing money in it. He goes, <laughs> why would people put money into something that they're not going to return on? Sure. Said, well, times are changing. I mean, I have a, a, a nice closet in my own home. I have friends that do, and uh, I was sitting there talking to one of my brothers, and I was looking at his apartment. I'm like, this is the same stuff I had, you know, 20, 30 years ago in college and stuff. And so, yeah. uh, and so I looked at it and said, well, maybe there is a way to make that happen. And so we, you know, I went out and started testing the market within my own properties and found that, yeah, there's a market here for this. And uh, what led us to the business side of this was, we had people like you're probably familiar with that go out and shop you. Your competition starts shopping you, mm-hmm. and you know they're walking our property sets, and we do it. It's okay, uh, you know. We do the same things, you know, in, in that. And um, I got a call from one of the largest multifamily groups in the state of Texas, uh, who said, "Hey, who are you working with on your system? Because we really would like to talk to somebody to put it in ours." Because because I, I think you guys are getting some pretty good rent increases off of that. And uh, that's kind of the aha moment. You go, I think we have a business here. 
That was about two and a half years ago that we started. That's awesome. So you were able to identify a need. You're kind of looking for it for in your own business, right? Saying, how do we Correct. continue to add value, right? And you ever think outside the box, get some, get some expert advice, and then you start testing it in your own portfolio Correct. first. And what kind of results did you see as you were, you were testing it? So originally it was around a 2% rent increase and we're talking uh, C and B property sets. So we were really kind of testing those and going, okay, what, what can be done? And again, I'm a passive investor, but because I'm an investor nonetheless, an owner, uh, we went to our management company and said, look, we're going to be doing this. And mm-hmm. we worked with our partner there and I went to a local cabinet company and said, look, I, I want you to build these. They were not cost effective at the time because we were just kind of getting it off the ground. But what we found very quickly is we could dial in at about a three to 5% rent increase. So the, the, the higher the class, and really our product is designed for those ownership groups that are looking at a B to A property set. Okay. Sweet spot is that want to see a three to five percent rent increase. And so we were getting between in Dallas here, we were getting between $35 and $40 rent increases per month. So right. you can you can back into that. And so what I kept looking at was yeah. how's that impacting the NOI or net operating income? And how's it really impacting the asset value of the property set? Yeah. And so you can really run into those numbers, especially where cap rates are today. Yeah. You can look at it and go, that's that's a significant amenity improvement. And my ROI was running between uh, two and a half and three and a half years. Our average client today, which we can get into stats on who we are today as closets, is averaging about 37% ROI over a three-year period. Wow, that's a fantastic return. Then. It is. <laughs> so I can't pretend I'm like, that's a big number. That's, that's, <laughs> actually, that's actually kind of, we're not through COVID, but that's getting through COVID. That's where we're at today. Mm-hmm. And if you look at all the economic indicators, I mean, rents are going up in a lot of the market set throughout the country. Right. And when we're working with and what we started doing was to kind of fast forward to where we're at today and who we are, that aha moment became something where we said, okay, we've got a real business here. So let's go manufacture the products. So we're vertically integrated. So we are the manufacturer today with three plants. Gotcha. We manufacture, design the product, ship the product and install, or we will sell the raw materials to our clients and teach them how to do it themselves if they're doing their own uh, self-fulfillment. Gotcha. And so, very cool. And so no, now we're cool. ramped up through one year and we're in 17 markets going to 32 in the next year. Now that's awesome. That's awesome growth. So, so yeah, so, so let's talk more specifically because, okay, we're talking about closets, obviously. Yeah. And, and but but maybe what I what I'm imagining you're doing is not not what you're really doing. So so tell us exactly what what closets is now and, and what are you actually doing to improve the closet in these units? So and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out a, a, a I guess what I call an example here. <clears throat> but and the reason why it helps is because for most of us this is what we deal with. It's a wire it's a wire rack. Yep or MDF based product as a rod and a shelf. And for most of us, and what we identified when we sat down and talked to the residents was we were coming and going, why would you be willing to pay extra for this? And there were a couple of things we heard. One is I'm looking for more organization. So we actually improve the, the ability to use the space more. Ours is a high quality product. So you can put up to 400 pounds on the, the system, mm-hmm. you know, so the above shelf that you see above me here, 
this is storage space. Below is storage space. And so you're increasing the storage space. That was the first thing they said. The second thing probably more important actually was a lot of the millennial generation that, that this was hitting on said, but look, we're looking for resort type amenities. We want to feel good in the environment we're in, especially shelter in place now. Mm-hmm. And so we're willing to pay for that because you know, we're seeing all these shows out there around organization, around all these different things. And so I think it's just an ideal time. It's not a trend that's going to go away. It's just improving because let's be real, more and more people are renting today and they're looking at what people are doing on TV. They're looking at what people are doing at HGTV in their homes and go, I can get that in my resident. I want to get that in my residency now in my apartment that I'm renting. And so for us, what that's driven us to is working with large scale. We started with large scale companies, large REITs and multifamily ownership groups to go into, uh, we started in Dallas. And now we're like I said, in 17 markets, everything from Phoenix, Vegas, uh, Houston, Dallas, uh, Atlanta, Orlando, and we're moving up into New Jersey right now. And so the East Coast we're going to, we're being pulled up by our clients. Mm-hmm. What they're seeing is that they're able to get the supported rent increases, which is giving them a positive NOI, but it's also um, driving the asset value. So depending on where they're at in their process and how they want to exit, if they want to exit, mm-hmm. this is a big driver. And there's some other factors too. And so some of the things I would share is, some of them are looking at it as a, um, a way to do accelerated depreciation. That was a new one for me. You know, I, I got it. But accelerated depreciation where they're trying to put it all in and then take the benefits of tax laws. And, and you know, I'm not a tax specialist, but I'd say they're using it for those purposes. Or they're deferring their profits because they're waiting for new tax laws to take hold. So they'll say, look, we're going to spend it on a CapEx project. You're not too expensive. You're, you're just kind of right in line. Let's do that. And then move into um, next year, looking at what we can do from a tax or a, a profitability stance, giving out uh, uh, profits to our clients. Mm-hmm. So oh, different really, tactics. Yeah. Really interesting though, that uh, I mean, different tactics to realize value out of, out of a closet. Right. So Correct. So the closets that are going in are kind of these uh, like modular systems where you're, you can configure different shelving, different drawers, right. things like that. And it's much more like something which is behind you, right? But but for, for the folks that, that can't see something that's more like what you would see in in, in kind of a high-end home, right? With right. these like, you know, these racks and these shelves and drawers and, and all different things that you can put in to really create more usable space, like you said. Yeah, I, I'd say the one thing that we get asked a lot immediately when people look at our practice, it, it must be too expensive. And so what I, I always tell people, look, if you look at the numbers to get the ROI that we're looking for, for you as a client, we have calculators, just like everyone should mm-hmm. to say, look, here's what the investment dollars are. Here's what my rent supports are. Here's what I'm, I'm looking at on this what we can tell you is that because we're vertically integrated, we do all of our own supply chain control and manufacturing the product. We're cutting out all the middle people. And we do this typically on the turns. So that's another important factor that makes us very unique. We're not going in and saying, look, let's do all 300 units or 200 or hundred units. We're saying, look, let's do it on the make readies or the turns so that your cash flowing on this. And so they're seeing the immediate rent increase with the installation of our product on the next lease up or lease. So for us, it takes about two to two and a half hours to do an installation. So we're, we're quickly in and out. 
And what I can tell you is, is that for uh, most of our client base, what they'll come back and say is, what is the cost? Not only telling you, you know, something like this where it's behind me is a lot more cost. But for our average closet across the country, we're looking at an installation can of about $750. That's material labor, all encompassing. Now, certain markets where the labor pool is more uh, expensive and so forth, then it's going to be something greater than that. But typically, there's higher uh, rent supports there, too. So like in California, we have clients that are getting $85 rent increases per month. And it's because, it's, I mean, they're paying two to $5,000 a month in rent. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's comparable uh, to the marketplace. And so uh, typically sub $1,000 is what I tell people to, to allocate depending on the market and the size. We're taking an average closet size of an apartment and that's what our average is, is around $750 for return key. Gotcha. Well, yeah, and that's how you're, you're realizing that return on investment so quickly. If you're able to spend $750 to get a $35 a month rent increase, I mean, yeah, that's less than two years to, to realize your value there. So that's correct. Uh, and strategically, you'd made a point to say, you know, kind of where the closet is today. One of the things that we recognize, we had clients, you know, they had these different portfolios that perform at different levels. And some of our clients would come in and say, we really love the product, but we don't have CapEx. We're not able to spend money. We just don't have it right now. Yeah. So what we did is sitting down and talking to him is we created a, uh, a lease to purchase program for four years where we're the financing arm of that. Very smart. And it's unsecured because we recognize talking to the lien holders, we talked to them, they say, look, you can't have a second lien on the property even. Right. So we said, well, look, we're so committed to it. We know it's going to work. No one's created a lease to purchase program. Let's just lease to purchase it. And they'll, they'll get, you know, cash flow positive day one. Yeah, no, that's that's a fantastic idea, and and that's we've had success with other um, other programs with a very similar model because that's that's the barrier on renovation, right? If you're not building right. from the ground up, if you're trying to renovate a property, um, if I if I just learn about this today, which I am, but I haven't, and because I didn't know about it, I haven't planned that in my my capex schedule. And, and in and in and in my world, as we're syndicating properties, and I haven't raised the money to do that work, then then right, there's no pool to pull from. Uh, even if there is a great return, there's no pool of money to pull from to to implement the program. So I think that financing piece is really what's going to make it accessible to all the apartments that already exist out there, and those owners that are you know that have owned it for for maybe two to three years even. That have right. already burned through their capex from their initial business plan. So, yeah, no, right. I love hearing that. I think that that really makes it accessible to folks. Yeah, and I think the big one too is if you're doing a renovation right now, there's so many other factors that are into, such as the cost of materials, wood. Right. Uh, I was looking at copper wiring just recently, and the cost of that going up, and your labor and so forth. And so, for a lot of groups, if they're budgeting for a capex of this here now. You know, we're one of those ones where they have to go, you know, we'd really love to work with you, but we just can't. And, and it's yeah. it's a reality. We, we understand that. But having this arm, what this has allowed a lot of our clients to do and prospective clients to do is say, yeah, I can do that. And I can recognize that as long as they feel comfortable with it. And like I said, the, the biggest thing that we came up with was making it such that it, it's unsecured so that, again, it meets the, the mortgage requirements of your primary, you know, liens and so forth. Yeah, Absolutely. No, I think that uh, like I love learning about stuff like this because I, I think that 
I mean, the normal, in my opinion, and this is our strategy follows this is, is the normal interior upgrades that, that you are, are commonplace, whether it's flooring, countertops, light fixtures, things. I mean, those, those are all commoditized and they're all, uh, everybody's doing the same thing for the most part. If you look around the industry, I mean, no matter what city you go to and you pull up a couple apartments, like you're going to see the same stuff, the same materials, the same paint colors, the same flooring colors, same count up. So it's a commodity in a lot of ways. And I think this is a way to stay ahead of the curve and start to differentiate yourself again, which is a lot of the, what we're trying to focus on in our strategy is doing things that, that set us apart. Like, like whether it's installing high-speed internet on our properties or it's creating, you know, community-based amenities like community gardens and things like that. I think this is another thing that really follows in that mindset of, of continuing to differentiate. And that's, I think, why you're seeing the, those rent increases that you're seeing. Well, Ken, so one of the things that our clients do is they will beta test with us. You know, they're not fully sold on the concept, so they'll go in and test it in property sets and we'll do three to mm-hmm. minutes. And typically they're throwing us the, the more difficult ones, the ones that have been on the market the longest, the ones that have a very unique floor plan, a unique being hard to rent and uh, other situations that may come up. So one of the things we'll do is we'll go in and do that. And so some of the things that ownership has really thought about in other situations is, is this ability to not only be a differentiator in the marketplace, but can it you know, raise rents, but can it help us impact the time on market between leasing up, you know, and some of these are even taking it to the level now, Ken, where they're using it as a lease up opportunity. Instead of giving that concession where they're saying, hey, here's a month, two months of free rent, uh, yeah. let us come in and put an upgraded closet in for you because we mm-hmm. need something to justify that two to 5% rent increase that we're getting ready to tack on. So yeah. very clever things from a marketing point of view that a lot of them are doing, but it kind of starts with a beta test and each property, each complex is a little different. You know this, they each have their own character, their own style and how they perform and what the competition is around them. And so it doesn't work on every complex. And what I mean by that is it's not ideal for every complex, but it is as our clients go through and they do their numbers, they'll say, look, it's good for this one. We need to do it here. We have a lower performing one. We need to do it here. Frankly, we get clients that'll call us up and say, Hey, we noticed that you're installing over across the street, a couple you know uh, miles down the road with your closet system. We need to install it in this one now because that's just where the market is leveling up. Um, yeah. And to your point, we will become. We believe we're the next amenity set to to really take off. I know technology is a big one, but technology yeah. comes at some significant cost, yeah. and it can break down. There's some challenges with that, and there are things that you can do. And, and so when I see us competing against dollars. It's really, should we be doing this kind of upgrade versus this? And so, you know, for us, our clients are realizing this is a minimally invasive upgrade uh, that is yielding this. And let's move forward on that, especially with the financing arm to it now. Yeah, absolutely. No, Jim, I think it makes a ton of sense. You got me sold. I need to, we need to start looking into some closets and uh, and how how we can, how we can upgrade right and yeah. yeah i appreciate you coming on and and sharing the story of of your company and and this unique niche that you're in i mean i expect that closets will become that next commodity that we're talking about where where you have to have the upgraded closet right it, be, it becomes That's the right. expectation so that um, is that is our goal 
Yeah, it'll be very cool to see that see that play out. And well, awesome. Before I let you go, I want to move in right into our keys to success. I've got four questions I want to ask you, and the first yeah, one is, yeah, and and I know that uh, we didn't talk about this much, but I know you shared with me that that you also own five thousand units, uh, yes. and that's the portfolio that you were you were testing on yes. as you started, right? Correct. So so putting that investor hat on. What is one question that every investor should ask their deal sponsor before making an investment? So I, I, this is all by trial by fire for me. So when I got into this, really didn't have that experience. And so one of the very first questions I would be asking is, what is your experience? Not just in what kind of returns I can get, but what is your experience? And talk to me about a situation that went wrong. And the reason why, mm-hmm. uh, Ken, is my very first deal went wrong in, in, a, in, in a horrible way. We, we got into the property. We had not done great due diligence, cost us a fortune to get out of it. And, and it was just, it wasn't quite what was uh, projected. You know, we got in there and the rent rolls weren't right. The, uh, the vacancy levels were much higher than we thought. Mm-hmm. Repairs, they'd, they'd really put it together with bubble gum and, and duct tape. <laughs> and we found out that we're going to have to replace our roof. Now we're going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on things. And so I would be asking, talk to me about a bad situation and, and really how did you correct from it? That's really what you're trying to figure out because yeah. with your experience, even I'm sure you've run into these situations that there's these unexpected. And for us, we realized very quickly we were in the deep end of the pool and we could, we didn't have a life preserver that the money we'd allocate wasn't even close to, to enough. So I would be asking, yeah. talk to me about a challenge situation and how did you overcome that? Did you overcome that? What was the outcomes? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great question and, and you're trying to vet out a little bit. I mean, yeah. How do they deal with, with problems? Because inevitably problems are going to come up, right? And it's right. how you solve them. And, but then also like, uh, I think validating that they already have some lessons learned, so they're not going to be learning those lessons on your on investment, dime. right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. And, and we were <laughs> learning very very difficult ones. And you learn from that and you move on and great, you're going to run into others, but it's really about your experience and the management group and the, the management companies behind that. Mm-hmm. Get the water because, you know, it's about protecting your, your, your investment, but you can also, I mean, it's an investment. There are risk. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I think that's a great question. So what are you most proud of in your career? So I've, I've built and sold a number of companies. So I think I'm proud, most proud of the cultures that we've created in these companies. If you're looking from a business point of view, I'm proud of many things, but it's, uh, I like to lead by uh, a compassionate leadership style. And so my people really do matter to me in every company. I see people that call me today, tell me their, their life. And I, I may have not seen them in 10 to 12, 15 years. But I still feel very proud to be able to look and talk to these people and find out what they're doing in their life and how impactful the company, not even me, but the company was in yeah. their lives. I mean, my VP of Ops just called me uh, a couple of days ago and was talking. He's like, hey, I just had a guy call me up out of the blue that I hadn't talked to in five years. And, and something I said to him has resonated all these years. And, and that's what I feel like we're doing is pouring into our people here. And that gets pushed out to our clients and ultimately to the residents, but really, I'm most proud of our culture and the, the cultures of the companies I've created and, and, and moved on with and seen and the people that we have. 
amazing people. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I mean, I think that's something to be incredibly proud of and you're making a long-term impact on people's lives and uh, yeah, that's great. And it's something that that's not focused on that, that culture aspect, something that's not, maybe it's focused on a lot. You know, I've, I've been a part of, of many companies as employees and, and owners and um, something that's talked about a lot, but, but often not implemented in the right way. So it sounds like you guys have that down and really making an impact. We are, I tell you, we do a lot of philanthropic things within the organization. Uh, we have a standing meeting every day with every employee and we ask them from a scale from one to 10, where they're at personally and professionally. And I've done that in almost every company I've ever had. And you have people that come in. I mean, let's be real. We have people that come in I've, I've got right now whose parents, both his uh, parents are uh, up in their years and they're both having significant health issues. And you have to look at it and go, do your job. And I get that as an entrepreneur and owner, but he's living a, a very difficult life right now. And so how can we best support him both emotionally yeah. uh, in his, his work-related life, but also his personal life? So those are all really important things to, to, to me and to all the staff that we bring into the company, companies I've been involved in. Yeah, very cool. So what books should everybody read? So there, if I give two, uh, one is Traction. So Traction, mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with it, it's a book about scaling and Blitzkrieg by Reid Hoffman, uh, co-founder of LinkedIn. They're all about scaling companies and about replication. I mean, if I throw off another one that I really went back to for years, E-Myth, Revisited, yeah. all great books around business and how to scale them and how to do it the right way. Yeah, those are fantastic books. And and lastly, what is your number one key to success? So uh, I consider myself a uh, lifelong learner. So to your point, you know, you, you ask me these books, I can probably name another 30 books. And so I'm a lifelong learner. So if it's not that, it's podcast. It's really pouring into myself to every day. You know, if it's not, uh, you know, pouring in and reading into the, the Bible, it's these different other avenues around business or leadership or parent, you know, being a parent and Mm -hmm. it's being a lifelong learner and not stopping learning because there are times where I think in every person's life, there are challenges. I know there's a better answer out there than when I'm coming up with when I'm formulating. And so I always try to seek out that information and knowledge so that I can not only share that, but experience and navigate the waters. And that's what we're all doing. We're all navigating waters. Yeah. Amazing. That, that, that's a fantastic tip is can you, you never stop learning? You know, you, you're forced to do it up to a certain point, right? As that's you go right. through school and do, and do your education. And then you hit a point where, and I think many people do, they, they, they stop, you know, they're not being forced okay. to anymore and, and, and they stop and, and you really hit a wall there. But I think it's a people like you that continue to seek out new ideas and new thoughts that, that are ultimately going to, going to be successful. So yeah, I love hearing that lifelong learner attitude. Yeah. I'll tell you, if I, if I share with your audience podcast, there's some amazing podcasts out there around business that, you know, are just great. Everything from masters of scale, I'm familiar with that one to mm-hmm. uh, how I made my first millions and those guys, there's a lot of really great ones out there on top of just real estate, but there's some really good ones out there and they really do challenge me as a leader and, uh, as a person to go, I need to think, rethink this. Or I need to think about yeah. it differently. And because the world is changing so fast. Yeah. You know, well, 
Yeah. And you know, what, I, actually Jim, what, what I've enjoyed uh, about you in, in the short time that we've known each other is there's, there's a humbleness to you that, uh, that comes out. And I think, I think you have to humble yourself to, to not think, you know, everything, right. And to be open to, to taking on new ideas and continuing to learn. And uh, so I think that, that that's something that can be difficult for people, right. To, to, to admit that, you know, I don't know it all and, and I need to seek alternative ideas and opinions. And so I think that's a, a great trait. I totally agree with you on that. So if people want to learn more about you and more about closets, how can they reach out? So the easiest way is on LinkedIn, Jim Monk, or look us up at closets and that's C-L-O-Z-Z-I-T-S, or you go to our website. But for me personally, I'm on LinkedIn. I love connecting with people. Uh, it's where I go to probably most often. Or they can reach out jmonk, J-M-O-N-K, at closets.com. And uh, more, they're more than welcome to ask questions and build a sharing knowledge that we have. You know, there's just, we have the benefit of, that's one of the things I talk about, even if you're not buying a closet, I have the benefit now uh, where we're at as a company to look at the 20 or, you know, 17 markets, but getting ready to be 30 something markets that we're able to dial in and look at and go, here's what I see is working. You know, yeah. so, so we use this as a resource, a tool, because I see clients all the time that are doing things or changing things. And it's not to give away trade secrets, it's just to say, hey, this is working over here. Have you considered this trend going on or we're seeing rent increases here but we're not over here going in you know on a daily basis now Kent this kind of tells you how much we're installing we're installing on an average day two to three hundred units a day that's where we're at in just a year of everything else and so that number if you extrapolate that over a month or even a year we're talking thousands of units we're installing today yeah that's a, that's an incredible source of market data. Yeah, you're right. You have, you have this, you're tapped into all these different markets. You know, what's working, you know, what people are doing from an amenity standpoint, where they're putting closets in, how much that's working, Correct. right? Like that's, that's a very great, uh, very good source. That's and, right. uh, yeah. So, I mean, that maybe, maybe that's your next venture, you know, you're going to start to take this market data and, and, and wrap this up into a bow and start to put some reports out on uh, <laughs> amenities and what's working, you know, right on. Well, Jim, yeah, it, it's yeah, it, it's been a pleasure uh, speaking with you, and I uh, wish you guys the, the best success and Likewise. Every, all all the ways to get in touch. We'll link down below so that folks can reach out to you and learn more. Great. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Ritter on Real Estate. Hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on the content that will make you a better investor. Also, visit KentRitter.com for articles, videos, and tools curated just for passive investors. Until next time, this is Kent Ritter with Ritter on Real Estate. Now go out and invest like a pro.